Chapter 1 Through the Fireplace Sirius Black flipped the last egg onto the platter filled with beans and sausage, and, with a tight flick of his wand, sent the platter zooming to the table. It landed before the half-asleep eyes of Remus Lupin, where it spun dizzily, revolving at least a half a dozen times before coming to an impressive halt. Ta-da! Eat up, Mooney! I'll get the paper! Remus opened his mouth to answer, but Sirius had already cleared the kitchen in a bound and burst out into the warm June air. "'You can summon the paper, you know,' Remus croaked after him, pushing the eggs gingerly toward the center of the table, where he wouldn't have to smell them. He wasn't awake enough for this exchange. "'I like going outside for it.' Sirius was already back. Truly, Remus thought, the man was hyperactive. He tossed the paper into the air and cast a quick spell on it, causing it to flap its pages, bird-like, toward the table. It landed next to the breakfast platter and crowed loudly once, before settling. Remus groaned. Please, he muttered, enough with the early morning fireworks. But he didn't really mean it. He knew why Sirius was excited, and when he was awake enough, he knew that he'd join in. Sirius wasn't a bit offended. He laughed and stuffed an entire sausage into his wide grin. "'I'm a free man, Mooney,' he said radiantly, once he'd swallowed. Remus couldn't help cracking a grin, weary as he felt. Sirius's freedom meant almost as much to him as it did to Sirius. A free man with a godson, and it's summer, and the bloody war is over. Sirius screwed his face into a deliberately tortured grimace and began to jerk his head around wildly. And, oh my, ain't it good to be free in a world where your curses can take my liberty. Remus looked on, half amused, half worried. You're singing. I am indeed, oh, 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 still swinging his head and muttering lyrics. Sirius raised his wand to make coffee. What is that? It's awful. It's not music. Get with it, you old man. That's the weird sisters. They're in. Sirius grinned over his shoulder. Better brush up. Now we've got teenagers coming. He jumped up to sit on the countertop while the coffee brewed itself, and he grinned through the kitchen door toward Remus, who remained at the table, bemused. Yes, you should get along with them nicely. You're just jealous because you're tone-deaf. Go on, admit it. Ah, Remus nodded. Well, musical ability aside, Padfoot, you're totally unprepared for Harry to get here. I realize that it's not as if we've had time to think about it this week, but there are things that still need to get not prepared. I've been ready and willing to live with Harry since he was a year old, and I've had to wait this long for it. Sirius's smile faded slightly, and his eyes began to lose their glow. I'd say that's enough time to get prepared. Remus shook his head apologetically and held up a hand. This wasn't the moment to think back. Forge ahead, he reminded himself. That's what they'd sworn to try. Harry was coming, and he deserved to move on from the things that had happened which would be hard enough with a volatile Sirius getting angry on the very first day. 
he would have to keep calm and redirect the focus of the conversation. That wasn't what I meant, Padfoot. I meant in the house. Beds, groceries. We've got beds. What are you talking about? Sheets, pillows. It's a good thing my parents took such good care of everything. We've got dishes enough and silverware, and they had a cat, so the old litter box is still around here somewhere for crookshanks. But we haven't got enough towels in this place for six people, so... Fuss, fuss, fuss. Sirius, looking happy again, poured a cup of coffee and strode out into the small dining area to sit across from Remus at the table. Do you think they're going to care about all that? Towels and sheets? They're teenagers. Remus raised an eyebrow at Sirius, who continually amazed him. How the same man could have aged so much and so little at the same time was beyond him. This is what I'm telling you. Those girls are going to care about clean towels. The animals have to be accounted for. It's going to be a menagerie in here with the owls and the cat. And if you haven't any food in the house, you'll have two very restless 17-year-old boys on your hands in... Remus checked his watch. Four hours. Plenty of time! Sirius leaned back and stretched out his legs. And Ron's 18, I believe. 18! He stopped and shook his head, pale blue eyes glinting with a memory. Remember 18? Remus smiled. Sirius grinned. They remembered 18 quite, quite well. And this was a different kind of thinking back. This was allowable. We were living in that three-bedroom thing. Oh, remember the fireplace? How could I forget it? Cramped old spot? I think I still have bruises. James loved it. Well, but that was due to Lily's painting all around it. Please, that was all flattery. He just wanted to get in her room, and he thought she'd fall for that line. Serious? Oh, come on, you know it. But Lily was no fool. She wouldn't let James inside her room, ever. Well, yeah. Drove him rather wild. <laughs> it certainly did. Serious sighed. I can't believe Harry's really coming here. Remus nodded. I can't believe how much seeing his face is like... Having prongs, I know. You think you know, but just wait. You've known Harry in war, in crisis. But that year I had him in class, I swear to you, sometimes I had to remind myself who he was. It's uncanny. God, I hope so. They were quiet a moment. Sirius went to the kitchen, poured himself a second cup of coffee, and returned. When he had settled himself again, he frowned and pointed to the window. Who's that man there? Remus followed Sirius's finger and peered out the front window of the cottage across the small road where a large, impressive gray house stood far back on a manicured lawn, making all the cottages on the street around it look terribly shabby by comparison. On its wide upper balcony, a man sat reading the newspaper. Martin Lewis, Remus replied. Know him? Well, his family's always been there, but we missed him in school by a few years. He's got about a decade on you and me. Ah. Sirius looked gravely at his coffee. Remus knew that there had to be something to it. Why are you asking? 
Sirius shook his head. Nothing. I should have expected it. What? Remus was not about to give this up. Not when whatever it was had brought Sirius down so quickly. Sirius sighed and bent more deeply over the coffee cup in his hands. It's honestly nothing, Mooney. It's just that I shouted hello to him out there when I grabbed the paper. His eyes clouded. And? He ran inside. Remus reached a hand across the table instinctively, but Sirius waved it off. No, I should have expected it, he laughed. Although, you'd think, since I'd been pardoned by the Ministry, people wouldn't be quite so terrified. Sirius, I mean, if I were a murdering traitor, wouldn't I have had his head by now? Sirius looked out of the window bitterly. I've been pardoned for nine months. I've lived here all that time. He's run away from you before this, hasn't he? Sirius didn't answer him, but Remus knew that it had happened, and his heart ached. You didn't tell me. Well, there hasn't been a lot of time for whining, has there? Anyway, what's the point? I could have told you not to mind him, Sirius. He does the same thing to me. Sirius looked up at Remus in surprise. You mean he knows about you? Remus smiled wryly. Somehow. Yes, he does. I'm not quite certain how, but people find out about these things, and whether you're actually dangerous or not doesn't seem to matter. Most people live in fear regardless of the truth. Sirius laughed darkly. We've just won a war, and people are still behaving exactly the way they did before. I can't believe it. I'm telling you, Mooney, it makes me want to... He cut himself off, drank a deep, scalding gulp of coffee, and exhaled. His voice was definitely bitter now. It had the Azkaban edge, and Remus flinched to hear it. He had known that Sirius's new, blinding good mood would come and go. After all, there had been very little to be happy about for a long time. Even if there was joy coming to them now, history couldn't be helped. All they could do was try to move through it, try to salvage what was left. Burn my bloody tongue, Sirius muttered, glaring into his cup. Remus knew his cue. This was the opportunity to turn the conversation. You're going to have to take it easy with the swearing, he said mildly. You've got to set an example. Like a shot, Sirius's head was up again, and he pulled a face. What, in front of the teenagers? As if Harry and Ron have never heard the word bloody. That was hardly your worst offender. Sirius grinned broadly. True. In any case, Ron and Harry aren't coming alone. Oh, what? I'm to watch my mouth in front of little Ginny? Remus laughed. No, she's probably worse than you are. I had to ask her to calm down once in a defense against the dark arts class of mine. She couldn't figure out how to get a dervish to quit whirling, and she let out quite a damn. In class, Sirius looked delighted. Her second year. I like her. He raised an eyebrow. So it's Hermione we're worried about then. All right, I'll hold my tongue if I can. Although from what we've heard out of Ron's mouth, the poor girl's already got her work cut out for her. 
Yes, well, Remus suppressed a smile as something occurred to him. Oh, yes, I meant to ask you. What did you end up telling them all about the rooming arrangements? Sirius's smile went unrepressed. He grinned wickedly. I told them that two would have to share each room. Yes, but did you make it clear which two to each room? Thought I'd let them battle that one out for themselves. I'm sure they're old enough to figure it out. You don't mean you'd consider. <laughs> I do. Absolutely not. We can't. The Weasleys would kill us, Padfoot. Ah, Mooney, and I thought you remembered, Eighteen. Sirius kicked his feet up onto the table and shut his eyes, apparently remembering. Remus gave him a disapproving stare to which he was oblivious, reached out and plucked the newspaper from the table, settling back to take in the news of the wizarding world. Hello, hello, are either of you there? Sirius? Remus? The voice came from the living room, loud, urgent, and extremely startling. At the first sound of it, both Sirius and Remus had dropped to the floor on instinct and gone for their wands. Remus felt his breath coming in gasps, and his heart was racing. Beside him, he could hear Sirius gasping, too. It took them a moment to remember that the Death Eaters had been defeated. They looked at each other under the table and shook their heads, exhaling hard. Shell shock, Remus reflected, was not a pleasant state of being. Wondering how long he'd react to that to everyday visitors, he got to his feet, dusted his robes, and walked down the hall into the room where the largest fireplace stood. In it, among the flames, a familiar head was shouting mightily, "'If either of you are at home, I need to speak to you. It's Arthur!' "'Oh, Remus, you are at home.' Arthur Weasley smiled from the fire but it didn't do anything to conceal the fatigue in his eyes. He'd aged ten years in the past three, and it showed in every line of his face. The red hair he had left was tinged with gray. Hello, Arthur. You startled us a little, I'm afraid. Arthur nodded. He understood. I wouldn't have hollered quite like that, but it's urgent. Have you seen the paper? I was just about to read it. No. Why? What's happened? Is Sirius there? I'd rather just say it all once. I'm here. Sirius had apparently recovered himself. He entered the room and crouched by the fire. What is it, Arthur? You're not going to like this one, Sirius. It's the Dementors. Arthur looked grimly apologetic. No one liked to bring up Dementors to Sirius. It brought that hardened look into his eyes. Remus watched Sirius's face set like stone into jagged lines as he braced himself for the conversation. It's fine, Sirius said evenly, though Remus knew it wasn't. What's happening with the Dementors? Arthur sighed and his head shook slowly side to side in the fire. We're having one hell of a time keeping them at Azkaban. I thought we'd done the hardest bit already this week, what with throwing all the Death Eaters back in prison. But it's not going to do much good if we don't have guards, is it? Why? Won't the Dementors guard the island? Remus asked at once, feeling his heart sink. Since the battle that had taken place at Hogwarts a week ago, 
It had been all that the Order could do to round up Voldemort's remaining supporters and make sure that they weren't going to cause further damage. Everyone remembered what had happened to the Longbottoms last time. Just when it had seemed they were safe, they had been brutally attacked. The Dementors won't sit still, Arthur informed them, and though his voice was steady, his eyes were anxious. They're trying to get off the island. The free reign they had in the Dark Army has gone to their heads, I think. They were encouraged to perform the kiss at random for so long that now... Don't tell me. Sirius's face was flat white. No, they haven't done any damage to anyone innocent. Not yet. But there's a strong worry. If they don't want to stay on the island, there's nothing much to hold them off the streets. I don't know how we can hope to re-establish Azkaban if the Dementors won't take to it any more." Rima stepped up behind Sirius's crouched form and put a light hand on his shoulder. Where are the Death Eaters now, then? Arthur gritted his teeth. Mad eyes on that. They're not going anywhere for a time. They're sitting in Azkaban, but he can only do so much, and there aren't enough Aurors any more to make it easy on him. He stopped and shook his head again. "'How are you, Arthur?' asked Remus gently. The head in the fireplace gave an odd laugh. "'As well as I can be, under the circumstances. I've got help. Fletcher's taking the MLES. Mad-Eye's got the Aurors. Diggory's here, and the Patils, and some of the others have come back.' He gave a heaving sigh. "'But I've got two problems.' First, I don't want the Dementors going near anyone. I don't even trust them with the prisoners. Not everybody in Azkaban deserves to be in there, and I don't want them all getting kissed when we haven't got a clue who's really guilty. They're all pulling that old line on us again. Pretending to have been curse-controlled, Sirius stood and paced around the room quickly. When he turned back, his eyes were livid. Arthur, some of them are probably telling the truth. I know it, but what can I do? I've got no way to hold prisoners in Azkaban without the Dementors, and I can't just let Death Eaters go free. I haven't got enough manpower to investigate all their claims, let alone give them proper trials. The Ministry's hardly up to anything of that magnitude yet. Half the old officials are dead or won't come back. It's a wreck, yes, I know. But you can't leave people in Azkaban. You can't, Arthur. Not unless you know for absolute certain what they've done. We've got to kill the Dementors. It's time they were destroyed. Sirius. Remus's voice was very quiet. Arthur, what do you want us to do? Anything you can. His face was drawn. I know you're tired. You deserve a rest more than anyone, both of you. I wouldn't ask if I didn't need the help. Sirius was rocking back and forth on his feet, his hands in his hair. You know you've got our help, but I'm going to have to think. I'm just going to have to think, because those prisoners, if any of them are telling the truth, Arthur, even one of them, Sirius, believe me, Sirius, I want them all sorted out. But we had to get them in first. Mad-Eye and Fletcher's rounded up everyone we've reason to believe is guilty. I'd prefer to relocate them to another prison, but where? 
and even if we could relocate them, how would we keep them contained? We're all drawing a blank. So before anything else, I've got to keep those Dementors back away from the mainland. Remus, you don't know of anything I can do to hold them at Azkaban. Just the Patronus. That's all I've got, too. He sighed. I'll tell you, it's tearing the life out of Mad-Eye and the others, performing that spell twenty-five times a day. I believe it. It's exhausting. Remus paused, knowing what the answer to his next question would be. Do you want me up there? No. Arthur finally smiled, and this time it reached his eyes as he looked back at Remus. You absolutely cannot come up here. I want you both to stay right where you are. Give my children a hug for me when they get there, would you? Remus nodded, smiling back at him. I will if they let me. Harry and Hermione are included in that. Arthur grinned and raised his eyebrows ruefully. You're both insane, you know. They'll run your house down. Can't believe you're taking on four teenagers for a summer. Sirius laughed, sharply, but a laugh all the same, and seemed to come out of his preoccupation for a moment. You're one to talk. You took on seven of them for a lifetime. Arthur flinched. Remus flinched and Sirius immediately went pale. He opened his mouth to speak, as if there was anything to say. But it was only a moment before Arthur recovered. I did, at that, he murmured, to no one in particular. And then he blinked and continued, the urgency coming back into his face as he muttered on about Azkaban. We need to think in new ways. Replace the Dementors. Penelope's been working on that imprisonment charm for a long time now. That might be the ticket, if we could harness something like that. How near is the spell to being ready? Remus asked at once. Nowhere near. If there were only anything else... Arthur looked as if he were nearing the end of his rope. Just think on what I've said, would you both? And get back to me if you come up with anything you think might work. Even if it's a long shot, I want to hear about it. Sirius was still unable to speak, so Remus nodded briefly. We'll get right on it. Thank you. Arthur's head turned slightly, and he seemed to be looking at something. Bloody hell, he muttered momentarily. Not again. Damn reporters. Just here yesterday, wanted a statement about what we plan to do about Azkaban. What do they think has changed in twenty-four hours? I'm tempted to tell them we're shutting it down and turning it into a tourist attraction for muggles. Remus grinned. Do you think the muggles would go for that? Maybe not, but the prophet would. I'm telling you, it's a mad world. The ministry falls apart, Gringotts is down, Hogwarts has to shut, but not the daily prophet. No, the media just keeps on running. He chortled slightly. I guess there's hope somewhere in that, eh? Well, he turned serious again. Get back to me when you can, all right? Of course we will. Goodbye, Arthur. Hello to Molly for us. With a smile, a nod, and a pop, Arthur Weasley disappeared. Sirius wasted no time. He turned on the wall and kicked it so fiercely that it must have injured his foot, though he didn't seem to notice it. He was in a rage. Stupid. Careless. How could I have brought up his children? 
You didn't mean. Hardly matters what I meant. There's Arthur, asking for our help, his hands full of trying to put that ministry back together, and I go on callously bringing that up. You were hardly callous. But Sirius wasn't listening. I was busy thinking about Azkaban. One word about Dementors and it's all over for me. Nice and selfish. Didn't even think about what he's still going through. He lost a son. Sirius. Stop it. Now. Sirius did stop. He dropped into a chair and put his face in his hands. Why? He asked through his fingers. Why? Why does it feel like there's still a war going on? What am I supposed to tell Harry about everything that's happened? I'm still losing it. James shouldn't have left him to me. How can I help him get through all of this when I'm... Remus was crouched in front of him in an instant. He took Sirius's hands down from his face and kept them in his own. What? When you're what? Sirius, you're alive. And you want him here. That's what counts to Harry. I promise you, that's all he needs. You don't have to worry about explaining everything. He was there for it. He was part of it. He knows. He waited. And momentarily, Sirius looked up at him. It was painful to look in his eyes. But Remus kept steady contact. I just want to know him, Remus. I know. I don't want either of us to lose any more time. I know. Sirius also obviously didn't want to cry. His face was a struggle of emotion. Abruptly, he pulled his hands away, shot out of the chair, and strode into the hallway with a sudden, manic energy. Where are you going? Remus called after him. To get groceries. The door slammed shaking the cottage walls slightly. Remus sighed, got to his feet, and went upstairs to see that the bedrooms were ready. Things were so much better than they had been, he told himself, shaking pillows into their pillowcases, and they would only continue to improve. But that didn't mean that this summer was going to be easy. Not at all.